Good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Morning, Brenda and everyone. God bless you all. Um, we have. Let's. I want to start off with some prayer uh, this morning. And Larry uh, Thompson reminded me this: we really need to pray for our country, especially today, uh, as we're at 9/11, remembering. So we want to pray for our country and our country's leadership. Also, want to pray for Joe and Lupe. Uh, for those that uh, are not aware, Joe's uh, son uh, that passed away this last week. So we want to pray for Joe and, and the family. Um, also, want to pray for Bruce, who ha uh, had successful knees. He's going to be recuperated. It's going to take him a while. And um, also, I understand that Cecil is not doing well. So we want to pray for him as well, okay? All right, let's go ahead and bow our heads together in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for our country. We thank you for the freedom that you've given us, Lord. Uh, you know, freedom to worship and freedom in so many ways. And we just uh, pray for our, our country's leadership, Lord. We pray your guidance uh, upon our president. Uh, let your spirit uh, give him wisdom and, and, uh, and, and guide, guide the leadership of our country, Lord. And, and uh, we just pray that you, um, you, you know, be with us and, and give us your guidance and your help, Father. Thank you, Lord. God, we all want to pray also for Bruce, who had surgery uh, this last week, recovering, and we just pray your hand upon him. Give your healing touch upon Bruce and uh, his, his surgery that he had, as well for Frank, Lord, as he's recovering from his surgery. God, we also want to pray for, uh, we want to pray for Cecil. Uh, understand Cecil's uh, not... Uh, doing well at this time, and we just pray again, Lord, that you uh, you be with him and that you help him. And Lord, we pray for for Joe and Lupe. Lord, we pray your your Holy Spirit, the Comforter, just uh, be upon them and just uh, you know give them your comfort and give them the support they need right now and and the strength. And Lord Jesus, just be be with them and help them at this time of uh, of deep deep grief. Lord, please, Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen, everyone. I, I want to mention, before we get to the message, a couple of things have been going on during the week. People have been working here around the church behind the scenes. I want to mention Brian. Brian was out here uh, during the week fixing the, uh, you know, where your koinonia group meets. I think, Greg, maybe your Sunday school meets there, too, over, yeah, he fixed your ceiling up there, patched it all up. Looking good. Brian, thank you for your great work. Amen. And then last, this last week, uh, we had some trees, the big uh, branches up here on our parking lot. We're blocking the driveway. So Doug, Doug and Mary had a wrestling match with those big branches. <laughs> and, the rest, and the big branches wrestled back. <laughs> so they, they got a little scratched up in a line of duty. But we thank you guys for doing that. Thank you so much. Amen. <laughs> all right. Uh, I also want to, uh, before I forget, I want to welcome all of our guests, our first-time guests, and God bless you, and thank you for being with us today. Um, also, the Fall Festival, it's already been mentioned, but I want to give it another plug. Uh, this is going to be a, the Christian alternative to Halloween, okay? We're going to do this on, at the church on October 31st, and we've got... Uh, games, and I guess you guys have been here for a while. You know how it all works. So we've got uh, 
we're going to have games and lots of candy and lots of, but we're also going to give a Christian witness, okay? So it's going to be a Christian uh, outreach. But we do have sign-up sheets on the back there on the table. As you're going out the lobby, if you would, there's three things we're needing help with. Candy, okay, number one, if you can sign up for candy. Number two, um, if you could sign up for uh, uh, set up and take down. You know, we need to set up the games and set things up, set up and take down. And what were you here with us? Uh, oh, I'm losing it. But what is it? Games. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Games. We need help. <laughs> Excuse me. We need help with the games. So if you can help, you know, some of the games you can just sit. You don't have to even stand. But we need some help because we got some great games. We just need some workers to, to uh, you know, work the games. So uh, if you could, you know, we'll have to sign up more than just today. So if you want to think about it first and, and sign up maybe later, that's okay too. But if you have the notion to do it, if you could do it, we would love to have you sign up. Really appreciate it. We want to make this a team effort for the Lord. Amen? So there we go. All right. All right, everyone. Let me, uh, let me go ahead and begin. We're finishing our, our uh, series in, in love is. We've done three weeks now. And, on the, and, and uh, <laughs> Danny was reminding me, you know, you know, we've read, you know, we read this. We've been reading the same scripture three weeks in a row, but there's a purpose for it. Okay, because it's all about love is. And uh, so we're going to do it one more time in just a minute. So if you want to get ready, 1 Corinthians 13. But as we finish this series, this all-important series, a lot of people misunderstand the word love. You know, in America today, in society today, many people uh, confuse love with lust. You know? Uh, they have a misunderstanding of what love is. And biblical love, the, the, the character qualities of biblical love are character qualities that are meant to glorify God. To the, the qualities of love that have to do with the way we think of others, the way we act toward others, and the way we handle situations with others. Biblical love. God's love. You know, this is the, uh, I was talking to uh, Antoine, I'm going to embarrass him here, another football fan. We got, we got another football fan here. <laughs> you guys, 49er too, yay. <laughs> and uh, football season started this week. Regular football season started this week. And... Um, you know, one of the great coaches of the game is a man who is now a sports analyst. His name is Tony Dungy. Tony Dungy. Now, Tony Dungy is a man who has been through a lot of ups and downs in his career and in his life. But through it all, through it all, as a Christian man, he has glorified God in his character. He has shown the character of biblical love. Okay, he's shown those qualities in his life through it all. He's shown character of, you know, he's, he's, he has a reputation of being very polite, very calm and polite with his team. Now, that's not always, that's not an admirable quality to have in the NFL, usually. Um, he, he had gone to interview different teams and more than once he was denied because of his reputation. You see, he has a reputation of being so nice. They say he's too nice to have the top spot, you know. Uh, but he overcame those criticisms 
<clears throat> and he maintained his low-key style, and he says this about that. He says, I'm sure that my approach caused me not to, not to get certain jobs. But I had to be true to myself, too. As a Christian, in a high-profile job like mine, I had to remember I was also representing God. And that by carrying on the way a lot of coaches do, I would not be glorifying God. You see, Tony Dungy wanted to show the qualities of God's character, the character of God's love. The Apostle Paul is going to give us again that list of qualities as we get ready to read now of God's love. So if you have a Bible, I think it's also going to be up on our screen. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we'll read once again verses 1 through 8. So if you're able and willing, if you can stand with me and we'll read this together. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 8. And it says this. If I speak in tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have not, and I have the faith to move mountains, but if I have not love, I'm nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I, that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It's not proud. It doesn't dishonor others. It doesn't self, it's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Love never fails. But where, there, where there's prophecy, they will cease. Where there's tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. These qualities... These are the qualities of character that God wants us to live. The qualities of the character of God's love. What does God want us to do? He wants us to live the qualities of love. Live those qualities in the way you think toward others, in the way you act toward others, in the way you, in your attitude to life in general. We're going to look at three qualities of love. These are the last three that we're going to look into on this list. The last three qualities of love the Apostle Paul gives us in this chapter, which is called the love chapter. You know, 1 Corinthians 13 is called the love chapter. So we're going to look at the last three qualities that Paul gives us of, of love. And it begins with this. It begins with how love thinks. All right? So the first quality is this. Love rejoices with the truth. Verse 6. It says this. Love does not delight in evil, but it rejoices with the truth. It doesn't take pleasure in things that are wrong, but it takes pleasure in things that are right. You know, the unfortunate thing about human nature, 
We prefer to, to hear about the misfortunes of others rather than the good fortunes of others. Uh, we prefer to hear about the things that are going wrong than the things that are going right. Uh, you know, here's the thing. We have a desire to, to, uh, to see the things that, are, you know, uh, uh, have gone bad. That's what you see on the news every day, isn't it? Every day on the, most of what you see on the news is uh, things that are destruction, that are that evil that has been done. You know, there's an old, there's an old motto in the news industry, if it, if it bleeds, it leads. All right? And it was, put it up front. You know, if you got some disaster, if you got some, you know, some evil deed by evil persons. But you see, love does not delight in evil. It, love does not delight in, in, in scandals or sexual immorality. Love does not delight in injustice or, 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 or unrighteousness. Love does not delight in the things that, go, that are wrong. It, just, it delights in the things that are Love rejoices with the truth. With the truth. You know, Apostle Paul is writing here to the, the Christians uh, in the city of Corinth. Now, Corinth was a, was a city. It was a seaport city. So people would come there from all, all different countries, and they had different morals than the Christians. I mean, there's a lot of corruption. If you know anything about Corinth, a lot of immorality going on there. Apostle Paul had to remind them not to fall to the pressure of immoral thinking. Is that what we have to deal with today? Don't need to answer that. You know the answer to that. Here's the thing, though. One of the things we have to be careful of today as Christians in the way that we, is a way, in the way that we talk with others is something that's very easy to fall into. Listen now. You're with a friend a non-believing friend, or maybe a carnal Christian friend. You want to enjoy each other's company. You want to laugh. You want to have fun. And all of a sudden, your friend comes up with an off-color joke, a, 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 a dirty joke. What do you do? The temptation is to laugh, laugh right, right along with him, right along with her. But what is that? That's delighting in what is evil. Listen, Apostle Paul says it this way. In the book of Ephesians, he talks about putting off our old life and putting on our new life in Jesus Christ. And he says it this way. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 3 to 5, he says, But among you there, should, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of immorality or of greed, because these things are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, which are out of place. Of course, joking, that's all about dirty jokes. Don't have that, don't have that in your conversation. Don't participate. Love does not delight in the things that are evil. Instead, instead, it rejoices with the truth. It rejoices when truth it wins out. It rejoices when truth is declared. It rejoices when truth is received. It rejoices when truth is followed. Love rejoices with the truth. Tony, Dun Tony Dungy is a man who knew how to rejoice with the truth, no matter what was going on in his life. 
Tony Dungy knew about them. He knows about the mountains and the valleys in the journey of life. He knows about the, the ups and the downs. He knows about the joys and the sorrows. And he knows that Jesus is with him always. Jesus, who is the truth. Jesus said, John 14, 6, I am the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Tony Dungy knew the joy of the fellowship of his Savior, even in the lowest valley. He knew where to find joy. Tony Dungy experienced the lowest valley in 2005 while he was a coach with the Indianapolis Colts. His son James, oldest son James, 18 years old, ended his life. He took his own life and he left no suicide note. But that was a, a low, low valley. Although there was the reason for the suicide was unknown, Dungy said his experience, this experience only reinforced his belief that life has its peaks and its valleys, but God is always there. He says this, he says, I have received so many calls, letters, and emails after James's death that let me know God really does have plans, even in the midst of great pain. He spoke about his son at his funeral at Idlewood Baptist Central. And he said this. He said, God can provide joy in the midst of a sad occasion. And the challenge is to find that joy. In an interview right after the service, he said, James was a good young man with a compassionate heart. We were glad to have him for 18 years. We were also glad that he accepted Christ as his Savior. So that God has him now for the rest of eternity. See, even in the pain of his dark, these dark days, Tony Dungy saw the light of Jesus Christ. Even in this hour of darkness, he knew the, the fellowship of his Savior and the joy of that fellowship. He knew Jesus the truth and he knew the truth of his love and he could rejoice in his love. You know, God wants us to rejoice in his love in every phase, every phase of life. Love the truth. Love the truth. Live the truth. Rejoice in the truth. So our first quality of love that we've looked at is this. Love rejoices with the truth. Second, second, love believes the best. Let's take a look. Let's look at verse 7. Verse 7 says it this way. It says, it always protects, always trusts, and always hopes. You know, the word protect here literally means to cover. To throw a veil over. Love covers the faults of others. It puts it like an umbrella over them. You know, my wife, Tess, is a third grade teacher. When she goes out in recess time, sometimes when it's real hot, she has an umbrella. She calls it a parasol. I call it an umbrella. <laughs> but uh, she, to protect her from the sun, the rays, her skin, from the, the exposure to the sun. When we protect, when we cover those that we love, we're protecting their faults and mistakes from the exposure to the public. 
love allows for weakness. But it believes. It believes. What does it say here? It trusts. It trusts. It trusts in people. You know, when we, when we protect the ones we love, love covers a multitude of sins. The Bible says this. When we believe in others, it says, New American Standard says, love believes all things and it hopes all things. We be, we're to believe the best in others. That doesn't, you know, we don't look down on others with suspicion. We look up to others in love. Love believes the best. It believes the best in people. In people. 2019, there's a movie came out about everybody's favorite neighbor. Anybody know who anybody, everybody's favorite neighbor is? I'll give you a hint. It starts with the word mister. <laughs> Thank you. Mr. Rogers. Ah, anybody know who that starred in that movie? Tom Hanks. Yeah, somebody said it, I think. All right, Mr. Rogers, story about his life. You know, a lot of people don't realize Mr. Rogers was an ordained Presbyterian minister. And his program, you know, his faith and his theology were foundational to his program. Uh, being a neighbor, that can be traced back, that whole idea is traced back to Jesus and his parable of the Good Samaritan. You might remember he told that parable when, after someone asked him, who is my neighbor? Mr. Rogers took that concept, took that idea, and made a program out of it. You know how he, he addressed, you know, he addressed everybody. Every time he'd come on, he'd say, hi, neighbor. You know, hi, neighbor, right? <laughs> Mary's laughing. No, you remember the show. You know, that, that, you know, that whole idea, he, sh he, he shaped the message of his program on his, on his faith. He, he was defined by his faith. And he, you know, he, over and over again, he would say this. This is what he would say. He said, you've made this day a special day by just being you. This might remember, some of you might remember this. There's no person in the whole world like you. He says this, and I like you. He says, what did he say? I like you just the way you are. Anybody remember that? All right, there you go. Mr. Rogers, 2003 documentary, interviewed him about why he shaped his program and the way he did. And I want you to hear this. He says, I think everybody longs to be loved and longs to know that he or she is lovable. You see, he's echoing the Bible. 1 Corinthians, I mean, sorry, 1 John chapter 4 and verse 10, which says this. It says, this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son, sent his son and atoning sacrifice for our sins. You see, what Mr. Rogers is doing is he's expressing God's love to his viewers, letting them know that they're loved. And he said, he said, he said this one time at a commencement speech, Millbury College. He said, when we look for what's best in the person that we happen to be with at the moment, we're doing what God does. So in appreciating our neighbor, we're participating in something truly sacred. I want to repeat that. He said, 
in appreciating our neighbor, we are participating in something truly sacred. You see, that's what love does. That's what love does. Love appreciates people. Love values people. Love believes in people. Love believes the best. That doesn't mean you lack wisdom. That doesn't mean you're going to be foolish and gullible if someone try to sell you something or something. But it means you give people the benefit of the doubt. Love believes all things and hopes all things. You might not, you, you don't just see them as they are. You see them as they could be. You see them as, as, as they could be with God in their life. Amen. Love believes the best. When you, when you express your belief in people, when you express your hope in people, you inspire them. Do you know that? You inspire them. Tony Dungy knew how to inspire people. Tony Dungy, two years after his son had died, February 4, 2007, Tony Dungy and his Indianapolis coach, you probably know this end one, won the Super Bowl. The first black coach to win the legendary NFL championship. Tony Dungy. And he said this. He said this about that. He said, there are those who said we wouldn't win the big one because I wasn't tough enough on my players. He says this, but I see my job as coach like a shepherd. You know where you need your flock to go? Your job is to get them there. You don't see shepherds yelling and shouting at their sheep. They know that, the, the, they, know that, that they respond best to a gentle touch, and that is my approach. And I believe that I have proven it works. You see, Tony Dungy coached his team like a shepherd uh, with a gentle touch. He said, that's how they respond the best. Jesus is our good shepherd. He leads us like a coach. <laughs> he leads us like a coach. And when we turn to him, when we turn from our sin and turn to him, he touches us. And he, and he lifts the burden. And he gives us victory. And he makes us whole. Listen to these words from the song by Bill Gaither. He touched me. He says, shackled. By a heavy burden, neath a load of guilt and shame, then the hand of Jesus touched me, and now I am no longer the same. You know it. He touched me. Oh, he touched me. And oh, the joy that floods my soul. Something happened, and now I know he touched me me whole. <clears throat> he, he made me whole. Jesus touches us, makes us. He makes us whole. So the second quality of love that God wants us to live is to, to believe the best. Love believes the best. Okay, so not only is love, does it delight, rejoice in the truth? Not only does it believe in what is best, but thirdly, Love endures forever. Look at verse 7 and 8. Last part of verse 7 says this. It says, 
it always perseveres. Love never fails. Where there is prophecies, they will cease. Where there is tongues, they will be Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. But love never fails. Love never fails. Now listen to this. Paul is a... I got some good, I got some good background there. <laughs> in verse 8, Paul talks about different gifts. He says, different gifts that are temporary, that are limited, that are gonna, that are gonna cease or stop. Look at a prophecy is gonna cease, tongues are gonna be stilled, gift of knowledge, knowing without being told, is it will pass away. All these things will be gone, but love is permanent. Love is eternal. Love is what God is. It's eternal because it's grounded in God, and God is what? Love. God is love. God is spirit, and God is eternal. You see, when God gives us eternal life, that's life born of his spirit. That's life born of his love. You don't see it. You can't see it with your natural eye. The Apostle Paul talked about this, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. He's trying to encourage the, the believers that are going through a lot of difficulty. And he said he wants them not to lose heart. He says to fix your eyes not on the things that are but the things that are unseen. Let me read it to you. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning with uh, verse 18, it says, We fix our eyes not on the things that are seen, but on the things that are unseen. Because the things that are seen are just temporary they're just here for a little while. The things that are unseen are eternal. God's love is eternal. It's never ending. It endures forever. It endures forever. It's, it's, it's un unconquerable. It's unlimited. It's unchanging. Through all that we have to endure in this life as believers, God's love will always be with us as it always has from the beginning of time for those who believe. It'll always give us the victory. Romans chapter 8, Apostle Paul talks about all the things that come against us in life, all the things we might have to endure, and how love gives us the victory. Romans chapter 8, beginning with verse 35, he says it this way. He says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or sword. No! In all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Uh, for I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor present, nor future, nor powers, or height, or depth, or anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. In Christ Jesus. It's His love that gives us a victory. It's His love that makes us more than conquerors. And His love never fails. It endures forever. It's eternal. God's love. God's love. You know, today is 9-11. This is the day. <coughs> this is the day we remember the tragedy, the destruction of a World Trade Center. Three days after it happened, September 14, 2001, President George W. Bush gave a talk 
at a national day of prayer and remembrance for those we lost. And he said this. He said, grief and tragedy and hatred are only for a time. Goodness, remembrance, and love have no end. And the Lord of life holds all who die and all who mourn. You see, love has no end. Love has no end. It endures forever. It perseveres. What does it say in verse 7? 1 Corinthians 13, 7, it says it always perseveres. That word persevere in the original language means to endure, endure uh, sustained misery, adversity, persecution. You see, love endures all these things, but it doesn't do it in our own human strength. It does it in God's strength. For the believer, it does it with the strength of God's love. It endures with triumph. It endures with victory. The quality of love God wants us to live is a love that endures forever. Live the qualities of love. The three qualities we've looked at, love rejoices in the truth. Even in the lowest valley of life, joy can be found in him who is the truth. Second, love believes the best. Mr. Rogers said it this way, when we look for the best in the persons we're with, we're doing God's work, we're participating in something sacred, appreciating our neighbor. Number three, Love endures forever. Though the gifts might pass away, God's love is eternal. As a believer in Jesus Christ, nothing can separate you from his love. Tragedy is temporary. Goodness and love have no end. Tony Dungy winning the Super Bowl and losing a child these are two opposite extremes of the emotional scale. But he said this about that. He said that they both have a positive effect in his life in this way. He said, both of these events have given me the opportunity to grow in my faith. I have been touched by so many people who have reached out to me to express their own experiences, their triumphs as well as their tragedies. And because of my experiences, I have been able to help them. I can tell them in no uncertain terms that despite these ups and downs, God is with us. God is for us. He won't ever abandon us. Live the life of love God calls you to live. Live the qualities of love that bring Him glory. Amen? Let's bow in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your love and that you proved your love by sending us your son, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you died for us on the cross to pay for our sins and you rose again all because you loved us. Help us to be the loving people you want us to be. Father God, Help us to live out the qualities of love that you want us to live, to glorify you, and to show your goodness to others.
Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.